Hey, good morning, YouTube family. How are you guys doing out there? Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town, our happy crappy hour live stream each week. Wanted to invite you to join me each week as we try to sort through all the craziness that we're going through, plus how to get better, right? How to get better. That's the goal here. We want to find sanity again. We want to get the heck out of crazy town. <laughs> And we want to have a fulfilling life. The life that, you know, we may feel that has been stolen from us. But I'll tell you what, you can get it back. You absolutely can get it back. I want to give you hope about that. Well, today's topic is why, I'm sorry, hold on, is um, the awakening, right? The awakening. After the narcissist life. And you want to get back to life because... The pre-narcissist discard, before you discard the narcissist or even before the, the narcissist discards you, it doesn't really matter which one happens because you're going to feel the same way. Glad to see you hopping on. Good morning, you guys. Good morning, John and Amina. Good to see you from Germany. Oh, so glad to see you here, Amina. Um, how have you been? Yeah, it's been a while, right? I remember seeing you... Uh, um, Yes, a couple months ago before I got sick, but it's been a couple years before that. So I'm so glad to see you. I'm glad that you're doing well. I'm glad that uh, you're still with us. Ah, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad to see that. Hey, um, so today's topic is the awakening. And the reason I call it the awakening is because you do feel like you've been walking around in a dream world. In a world where things just don't seem real, it's become so disjointed in your life that you feel like you're free floating. You're not attached to anything. And a lot of people kind of feel like they're going crazy, right? They feel like there's it's insanity. They don't know what's good, what's wrong, what's bad. They don't know what's real. They don't know what's fake. Their life is just turned so upside down that they they see no hope and that's what I want to save you guys from I don't want you to believe that there is no hope there is always hope if there is breath in your lungs there is hope you guys okay and even if there's no breath in your lungs you can be resuscitated all right that's the miracle of today you can be resuscitated you can get your life back and focusing on the narcissist though will keep you focused on drowning. So you have to get your eyes off of your ex and what was and what could have been and what should have been. A lot of people get stuck there. A lot of people get stuck with the way things should be. And when they get stuck there, they and they don't have, well, actually they can even have people trying to pull them out of it and tell them, telling them to move on. But because they hold on to this resentment and hold on to this grudge because they want their life to be the way they thought it was going to be. They want um, things to go maybe not back to where it was, but they want to have the promises they were given, right? And when they cannot let go of that, they cannot wake up, all right? They cannot wake up. They stay in the nightmare. You don't want to stay in the nightmare. You want to wake up. You want to be able to see 
a clear sky. You want to be able to enjoy the people in your life. You want to get back into life again. And we're going to talk about a lot of things that you can try and do to get your life back. Okay, to get not even just back, but even better, you guys. This is a time where you get to regroup. This is a time where you get to pick and choose what you want to keep in your life and what you want to get rid of. And one of the things, even though it's really hard right now for some of you, uh, is to get rid of the narcissist. Like, get them out of your life. Get them out of your mind. Get them out of your your space, okay? Uh, I remember even before narcissism, you know, narcissistic abuse was a common topic, I guess. Um, there were rituals, right? Breakup rituals. Burning all the photographs, throwing, you know, mementos and gifts, memories, whatever, away from the narcissist that, you know, from your life with the narcissist. And there's some merit to that. But the biggest thing you've got to change is what's in your head. Okay, the biggest thing you've got to change is what you keep in your head. What are you willing to hold on to? Some people hold on to the clutter of memories with the narcissist. And actually, they tend to keep the good memories or distort the memories they had with the narcissist to make it better than it really was. So they start to miss them. They start to, to pine for them. They, they think that they're missing out. And then the jealousy comes in, especially when they see the narcissist has moved on and has gone, um, is around town with the new supply. So that's why in your head, you cannot, you, ha you have to kind of compartmentalize. You have to keep those memories of the narcissist, the fun or the good times or the time you first met or the high that you got when you were with the narcissist. Uh, you have to recognize that that was the dream that that was not real that was not reality because you were being played okay i i was thinking recently i was listening to a podcast and they mentioned um bernie madoff and he's such a i mean he's old he's like old old news but i think about the people who were fooled by him right they were living in this dream world where he was telling them he's making them 20 30 40 percent interest on their investment with him, right? So they're giving him, handing over tons and tons of money to him. And he's so pleasant and he's so um, personable and, you know, his friends trust him, his family trusted him. And he cheated everyone. He cheated absolutely everyone. He, he built this fantasy world, this fake world where the people he spoke to or the people who heard about him, his, his flying monkeys, his fan club, actually kept the dream growing, even though he wasn't even involved at times, and probably a lot of the times, in talking himself up or talking up the investment and the, the returns. The, the fan club was talking it up to the point where they were catching more and more victims for him. They were telling, you know, their friends and their acquaintances and their relatives and they all came in and they're all living in this fantasy bubble world where they're all imagining that every dime that they're giving to this guy, every hundred thousand, whatever, millions of dollars, whatever they're giving to him, they're imagining that they're going to live forever in luxury because this money is going to build this luxurious life for them. 
Meanwhile, in reality, what was happening, I mean, while the people were living in this fantasy world, they were happy. They were upbeat. They were hopeful. They they had good feelings, right? They were walking around like they had the world in their hands. And that was all fake. It was all fake. So it matters what is going on in your head and what is happening in reality, okay? You can do the same thing to yourself over and over again where you're living in this dream world where you're building it up that it was perfect or that it had so much promise and the future was going to be so bright and amazing and fulfilling, but it wasn't real because what was really happening was just like Bernie, the narcissist was aware that this is going to end, was aware that they're playing their victims, they're playing their supply. They never had any intentions of building this beautiful life with their victims. They never had any intentions of fulfilling these promises, right? Day to day, they would give them a little bit, you know, some breadcrumbs. They would give them a little bit of encouragement, just enough to make them think they're getting their, the, the future is really there. So what Bernie would do is he would get money from other people. It's called a Ponzi scheme. So the more new victims you have pouring money in, you use that new money to give to your old victims and, or your, you know, your continual old victims and you tell them, oh, look, this is the money that my investments made for you. When there was no investment, there was no calculations, there were, there were no systems in place making them money. It was just him taking money from more and more new people to give to old people. But of course he skims off a bunch of the top and then he gives them some of the money and says, this is from the, from the investment. So you see your money is making all this money and they believe it. Same thing with the life with a narcissist. You get a little glimpse, you get a little taste, you get a little encouragement from the narcissist about, you know, maybe they um, make a nice, you know, a big sale one day and you think, oh, this is going to be our life. Or maybe they, uh, they land, you know, they get a brand new car and you're thinking, oh, this is, you know, so luxurious and we're going to be on easy street from now on and life's going to be great. Maybe they had a good day. And that good day, they treated you so well. They wanted to spend quality time with you. They're taking you around. You're having a great time with them. And you're thinking, this is the life I'm going to have. But all they're doing is borrowing. They're borrowing, not even borrowing. They're taking from somewhere else and presenting it to you and acting as if this is a part of them and that it will continue because if it came from them if it honestly came from them if it it honestly came from their heart and they honestly loved you and they honestly wanted to build a future with you that's a continual giving and then a continual back and forth and a continual relationship that will always and continue to grow but if it's not from them and it's just being borrowed from somewhere else, say they spent time with another person, right? Maybe they're cheating on you 
and they spend time with another person and they come back and they're all happy and excited and they felt great because they had a great time with this person they're cheating on you with. But then when they get home, they're still on this high and they're happy and they're dancing around the kitchen with you and because they just had an amazing time with their the person they're cheating with. You're thinking, oh, they love me so much that they're really engaged with me and they're they're pulling me into this wonderful experience and time right now. This happens so much and people are faked out by it because they think that the attention they're getting is actually what the narcissist is feeling towards them. But what they're really doing is they're borrowing feelings that they got from a different experience and bringing it into what they have with you. All right, once you are able to identify that, once you're able to see this, you start to wake up. You start to go back and look at everything that did happen and you go, wait a minute, what was that? And you may never find out. You may never find out what instigated how they were being with you. You may never find out that, you know, they, I don't know, they, they went somewhere else and they got this encouragement from, from someone else and they were borrowing that and bringing it into your relationship. That you'll, you may never know that, but what you do know for certain is what happened in the, the end, right? You do know for certain that they walked out, that you could not take their abuse anymore. You could not take their negativity anymore. You could not take their their anger, you know, bursts of anger anymore. You could not take it anymore. That, you guys, is the real picture, is the reality of what they are. So the thing with Bernie is that what was happening in reality was he was cheating all of these people. He was promising them a great life and and having them continually give more and more money and then he'd give them a little bit back and he'd promise them that, oh, he's onto something really big, a new investment, a new company that's up and coming, which he never, ever had any knowledge of. Like he never got into that, but he made this fake life and he enjoyed the luxuries of this fake life to the point where he did not care that he was spending people's entire life savings. So many people came out of that with almost nothing. Well, pretty much actually they did end up with nothing because there was nothing there. Once uh, he was hauled away, once he was caught, they, they realized there was no money and he was just falling further and further into debt. There was nothing it, there. And then people, it's like when your bank gets robbed and you think, no, 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 your money is still there, right? Certainly your money must still be there. So you go and you look into the um, <clears throat> safety deposit box and there's nothing there. Like all your jewels are gone, all your bonds are gone, all your pieces of silver are gone. And you're like, well, it's going to come back, right? I've had this experience once before where it wasn't my bank, but it was like, um, when I missed part of my car and then when it dawned on me, like for a moment that someone might have taken my car, like it was just, it was unreal when you're in that situation where something, actually it wasn't even that it was 
uh, I didn't miss park it. It was towed. I remember coming back and we were like, no, the car was here. Why is it not here? And we thought it got stolen. Um, and we're, we're looking around. We're like, how can it not be here? I put it here. I mean, it's a huge item, right? Your, your car. It's, you feel like you're not in reality. You feel like you're walking around in some fake world where something got removed that should not have been removed. This is what it's like with a narcissist. When you go back into your relationship, you think about it, and you're like, it seemed so real. And then suddenly now, it's not there anymore. You wake up in the mornings, and he or she is not there. You go to the places you used to enjoy with the, your ex, and he or she is not there. You, you do the things that sometimes remind you, like say you picked up bike riding together or rock climbing or, or visiting museums together. And then the next time you go, you're like, this just feels so weird. It feels like you're in this alternate universe where part of you is gone, right? That is the awakening. You start to wake up, you feel unsettled, you're, you're unstable, you're You've been destabilized. You're clutching around for something that will be you know, like a string that you can pull and, and everything will come right back. This is what you're hoping for. And a lot of times at that point in the, in the breakup or the discard, people will continually call their narcissist, text them, try to run into them, hoping that something will click and, and they're past reality will come back. The past illusion really would come back. But I want to tell you that it is better to be awake than to be in that fake world because that fake world does not grow. That fake world crumbles. It's going to crumble either now or it's going to crumble in a few years from now and you're going to waste even more years if you stay. There's a saying, what is it? The worst, um, the worst thing than, than being in a relationship for a year is being in the relationship for a year and a day. So cut your losses, be done, and move on. That's a huge lesson in the awakening. Once you wake up and you realize that, that this has been, a this ends up as a loss, okay? It ends up as a loss. But there are some things you can salvage from this. There are some things that you may have learned in your relationship with the narcissist. And I have videos on that, you guys, because I know some people feel like, oh, there's nothing at all you can gain from a narcissist. But actually, you can gain a few things from the narcissist. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn about, a lot about what you want in life. You learn a lot about what you don't want in life, right? And when you have that, you have wisdom, you have knowledge, you have insight that you can take forward into your next stage of life. Now you know what you want. Like we started at this video, now you know what you want to keep and what you want to get rid of. Things that you enjoy and things that you just simply tolerated because it was there. You don't want to just tolerate anymore. You want to Bring good things into your life. Do the things that you enjoy, right? Open doors that might at first seem frightening because you don't know what's behind the door, 
but go towards a goal that you you know you would enjoy, you know that you wanted to try, now is your time to try it, right? Okay, hold on, you guys, I want to see. Uh, so good to see you guys coming on. Uh, let me see here. Good morning, Obi, good to see you. <laughs> oh, nothing surprises me with these predictable clowns of terror. Oh, I like that, clowns of terror. It's true. They are clowns of terror. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, guys. There's a lot of glare right now for me. BB Scott, good to see you. Says, yes, the NARC experience is a huge opportunity for growth and spiritual awakening. Yes, right? It absolutely is. You guys are in the awakening. This is a really good place to be. I know it seems scary at times and you feel depressed at times or maybe even hopeless, you know, that's normal, okay? That's normal. Don't get hopeless because you're thinking, I'm the only one who's going to experience this. I'm the only one who feels this way. You're not. So many people have walked through this and are continuing to walk through this and will walk through this at some point. The new supply, for sure, who thinks that their life is this beautiful dream is going to end up walking through this at some point. That or they're going to realize they wasted their entire life with the narcissist. That I think is far worse than cutting your losses now and waking up and then filling your life with all good things. Well, you guys, I do want to talk about why is it then that even the average person, a normal person, right? You're, you yourself might cling to a lie that we believed, right? And this is what we all do at the beginning of the awakening, maybe even before the awakening, right? But I think kind of partially through the awakening, because you're aware, you are aware that what you had and, and how it ended was horrible. You're totally aware of this. But you want to cling to the lie, like Bernie's, um, Bernie Madoff's victims, wanted to cling to the lie that surely, my money is invested somewhere. Surely my money is still there in an account somewhere. They cannot comprehend or accept that their money is just totally gone. Gone. I mean, imagine this. If you've made, say your life savings is $20,000. Say your life savings is $5,000. Even if it's $500. Say if it's your whatever it is. But you worked hard to save it. And you give it to somebody thinking that they're going to purchase something for you, you know, a stock or maybe a, uh, some asset, right? They're going to go and they're going to buy you some silver coins or they're going to go, they're going to invest it in something or, put, you know, just put it towards something. And then you find out it's just totally gone, absolutely gone, not there anymore, disappeared as if you just threw it into the trash can. Panic sets in. Initially, panic sets in. You're like, this can't be real. So that's the denial, right? Like, this can't be. This is impossible. I, 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 there, I had made sure that I knew the person before I gave this to them. I'd made sure I got names and addresses. And I even saw that they were talking to the other person they were going to invest in. And then you find out it's gone. This is what goes through 
goes in your head when you're separating from the narcissist. It is gut-wrenching because you believed the lie. You trusted the lie. You made the lie your reality. The lie of the, the life. Sorry, you guys. There's so much glare right now. I'm going to try to adjust this. See if that works. There we go. Maybe that's a little better. So you believe this lie to the point that it became your reality. And now that it's gone, it's just like disappeared. It's no longer there. You're no longer living in the house with the narcissist. You're no longer making plans with them about the future. You're no longer sharing a bed with them. You're no longer with them. And it's hard to tolerate. It's hard to accept that it was a lie so why then do people just normal people right it doesn't take a psychopath it doesn't take a completely deluded person to cling to a lie that you believed it's because that lie became your reality right that lie that perception that you had was your reality and you wanted to trust your gut, you wanted to trust your perceptions, you wanted to trust your instincts and your ability to discern, you wanted to trust your discernment, and now you have to face that you were tricked. You have to face that you were fooled. There's another saying, it might be from Mark Twain, I don't know, nowadays it's kind of hard to figure out, unless you're reading it from his books, exactly where that quote comes from. But I think it goes something like, it's easier to fool someone than to, to convince them that they've been fooled. It is easier to fool someone than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. And that happens at the awakening. You don't want to believe that you have been fooled. Yep, there you go, B.B. Scott, you got it. So, why is that? Why is it that... You, don't want to, it's so hard to be convinced that you were fooled. For one, our ego, our ego gets in the way, right? We want to believe that there's no way that people can possibly fool us because we're smarter than that. We're, we're intelligent. We're perceptive. We were making checks, you know, and balances everywhere. And how can I possibly be fooled? That can't happen. And, and second of all, you think about the people who were fooling you because the narcissist a lot of times does not work alone. They have their buddies. They have, even if their buddies know they're a total douche, all right? <laughs> their buddies know this. But their buddies, because they're surrounded by friends, you're thinking, oh, this must be a good person. This must be somebody who's trustworthy because they have friends who hang out with them, who are still around after many, many years. And you think that, that they are something they're not because people were willing to allow them to stay in their life. People were actually even enjoying their, their company, right? Because, because a lot of times narcissists are very enjoyable. Like if you only know them on a surface level, they're very enjoyable. You can do a lot of fun things with them. They're, they're exciting. They're, they're bubbly. They're, they're funny. And you're like, so of course this person should is should be trustworthy. Of course this person is normal. Yeah. So 
when you are thinking that way, it is hard to convince yourself that you were fooled. It is hard to go back and go, how can I? But here's the deal. The more humility you have about your intelligence, <laughs> by the way, and your perceptiveness and your discernment, the more intelligence you have, I'm sorry, the more humility you have about that, the easier you're going to bounce back. You're not going to cling to the fact that your, your, your judgment of people is uh, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Your judgment of people is, is on target all the time, right? I know there are people out there, I, it just cracks me up, cracks me up. Every time I hear someone say, I'm a really good judge of, of people. I'm like, sure you are, sure you are. Um, because they have no idea when they're being fooled. And they may never know that they have been fooled. So they're going to continue to think that their trust in somebody, just because that person didn't take advantage of them, doesn't mean this person is trustworthy, okay? Doesn't mean that that person is who they thought they were. I see this all the time in politics, you guys. I see it all the time. Let's not talk about different candidates and all that, or politicians. But I want to say that so many people, once they've met somebody, they met the politician, shook their hands. Uh, if they were Christian, shared scripture, you know, with the politician. The politician even told them their favorite scripture. Oh my gosh, I have a friend who went through that. And they only to find out that that politician totally backstabbed a bunch of people, a ton of people. Um, people want to believe what they want to believe. They want to believe a fantasy. They want to believe that there are people out there that they decided was a good person, right? Because they have such good judgment of personalities. Um, they're such a good judge of character, right? They believe this. So they believe that, oh, I, when I shook this guy's hand and, and he looked straight in my eyes or she was telling me all these things that I, you know, I totally agree with and, they have no idea they're being played. They have no idea they're being played. They think that everybody's just genuine with them. Like somehow all these people are genuine with just them. But apparently, and, and that makes them feel like they can trust this person. It never occurs to them that maybe this person is not genuine with them. When they feel so good, when, when the person is buttering them up, when the person is smiling and looking straight into their eyes, when the person seemingly cares about their, their interests, right? Their position on things. They think that, oh, this person is so busy and so high up there and yet they're willing to give me an hour of their time. That means I can trust them. No, that just means that they had nothing else to do during that hour. That it just means that they happened to be there and they couldn't think of a way to break away from you. <laughs> and so you were able to keep them there for an hour. It just doesn't occur to the victim that they're being fooled. It just doesn't. Well, you guys, the thing here, though, is that not, not that you should be suspicious of everybody you meet, although I feel like we're getting it in this world. It's becoming like that, isn't it? Where 
people are becoming more and more skeptical. People are becoming more and more suspicious because they're waking up. With the awakening, you are going to become more skeptical. You are going to become more suspicious. But here's the good news, you guys. Once you're plugged back into reality, once you have some systems in place, some habits in place that pull you back into reality and gives you proper perspective. Because when you're too close, you know magicians, um, they know that they can fool you. They can get you really close and focused on one thing while their hand is doing something else. Um, that's what it's like when you start to wake up. You pull away from the picture. You get a bit broader perspective. You start to see things for what they really are. You start to see the strings moving the puppets, right? And you're like, what the heck? You start to see the connections. You start to see how one thing snowballs into another or, or affects. You see the chain reaction. Whereas before you only would see one or two links of the chain. Now you see the whole chain and what it's connected to. Once you have that, you don't want to go back to sleep. You just don't because, I mean, there are parts of you, there are times and maybe a part of you that thinks like things were so much easier when I was asleep. Things were so much easier when I was in denial. Things were so much easier when I was in this fake world. It kind of is, it kind of isn't. Because, yeah, when you're in that state of, of dreaming, you, you think things are going well and you want to believe the lies. But in the meantime, those who are living in reality are looking at you going, what the heck? Why, why are you not able to see this? Why are you not seeing how they're cheating on you, lying to you, hurting you, even hurting your kids or your other family members? You're not willing to believe it. And this happens so much in these types of relationships where your well-meaning friends are trying to wake you up, trying to tell you the truth. And maybe you're the one who's trying to wake somebody else up and point to them the truth. It takes them a while because the awakening is not an easy process. The awakening is very humbling because it makes you realize that your instincts were wrong. It makes you realize that you are not a good judge of character. It makes you realize that you are fallible and foolable, right? That you can be fooled. But it makes you sharper. Once you get through the awakening, once you allow the awakening process to happen, and you allow reality and truth to come in, it's like turning on a light in the dark room. Oh my gosh, I've used this example before, you guys, where... There used to be this commercial, and I think it was for an air freshener. And the person would walk into a room, and it's like the room is a field of flowers, and um, they're smelling all these beautiful scents, and they feel like they're in nature and in the sunny space, and sky is blue, and things are so fresh, and there's like fresh laundry blowing in the breeze, right? It's hung up and blowing in the breeze. And then the picture changes and they're standing in in the middle of their nasty dirty kitchen that's got pots and pans and baked on everything and dishes in the sink piled up and every counter space has got slop on it and then they're like ah well at least it doesn't smell like this at least it smells like i'm in this field of flowers 
you guys, do you really want to live like that, right? Or do you want to clean up the mess that's in the reality so that things really are clean? Because here's the deal. If you invite people into your life, you're like, don't you smell that? Doesn't that smell good? You invite people into your kitchen and it's a disaster and it's so disgusting and it's filthy. And you're like, yeah, but doesn't it smell good? That, that room freshener is so wonderful. The person that's walking in is going to be like, you're deluded. <laughs> you know, they're going to think that you are, have lost your ever loving mind. They're going to look around and say, well, no, you're not going to convince me that this is a beautiful space that I want to sit in or even eat from. Like, do not cook me anything from this. I do not want to eat here. This is reality and the awakening. The awakening is a good thing. The awakening allows you to clean out all the garbage in your life that was messing you up. And that was the cause for you having to go out and buying fresheners and buying fake things to cover it up, to pretend that the, the, the disaster and the mess isn't there. The awakening helps you. The awakening is a good place to be. So don't feel too bad about yourself and don't be too hard on yourself. Know that you are stepping into a place where now you get to clean up your life. You get to pick and choose what stays in your life. And start with your physical space. I'm not kidding you. Start with your physical space. Yeah. BB Scott says, most people do not see this. They are fooled. Yes, yes, yes. Superficial charmers all day long. The horrible truth is that these narco and psychopaths populated the highest positions in our cultures. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is happening now. People are waking up, you guys. This The people that we were told we can trust, okay, are being controlled by the manipulators. So now I know so many people, oh my gosh, who are waking up to what's going on in our culture right now. We have been lied to, and there's still a lot of people who are who are asleep to this, by the way, and who want to live in the disaster, in the dumpster fire that is their life and their surroundings. And the rest of us are like, no, we do not want your dumpster of garbage. We want a good life. We don't want to believe that your garbage is real. It is not. And it's so crazy because they twist it in a way that... Um, makes you, this is what narcissists do, by the way. They twist it in such a way to make you the villain, to make you the bad guy because you didn't trust them. You didn't believe them. You didn't um, accept their fake version of reality, right? Their, their perspective of what science or reality or whatever it is. And you, you're like, but it's inconsistent. It doesn't make sense, and evidence shows this is not a good thing, right? You're looking at that horrible, messy kitchen with slop everywhere, and they're trying to tell you this is a spick and span kitchen that is, um, you know, the best place to cook your meals. 
And you're like, I would not come close to the kitchen, nor would I bring any food in here and lay it down on any of this goop that you've got on your counters. Uh, no, they don't see it. They want to convince you that if you discriminate against their judgment, then you are a bigot or you're a terrible person or, you know, there are things out there being said. So... I'm so glad that those of you who are here are either waking up or have woken up because we need each other. We need each other to stay alert, but we also need each other to, to heal from, from what happened. We also need each other because the more of us who can gather and talk and share our experiences, here's the sad thing. We're being censored. We're not allowed to share. When that happens, when you are not allowed to congregate with people who feel and see things because their eyes are waking up, opening up, oh my gosh, that's communist China, you guys, by the way. I was watching a um, documentary, and I forget what it's called. There was a movement called Lie Down. I think that's what it was called, Lying Down or Laying Down, and what it was um, it was a bunch of the newer generation, the young 20s, who, and it actually was spread into the teens, who refused to join the rat race that is in communist China, where you work, what, 16 hours a day, and what do you get out of it, right? What do you get? What do they get? They get nothing. They get hardly anything. and And you can't afford... A place of your own you have to live with other people or you live in this tiny little box of a closet that you call an apartment and so what they would do is they're like I'm done I'm out of this system I'm gonna lie down well this movement got some steam you guys this movement um, started spreading on social media and people found each other who were fighting this system of a rat race like we're not joining the rat race we refuse to join this rat race we want to find happiness in our own way and um, they don't want to work 16 hours a day well communist china the government the seat was it communist party they shut it down they censored i mean you would think like what's what's the big deal it's they're just talking about not joining the rat race no they got censored they were not allowed to talk about this idea in their country. So on. I don't know if you realize this, but social media in China is highly monitored. So they didn't allow these people to have a platform to talk about this movement. They didn't allow these people to be able to uh, share their ideas because other people would feel, would gravitate to it. Other people would feel like, oh, they're not alone. This is how I've been thinking and feeling too. And, and I don't want to want this in my life. I want to, we, we need to get together and figure out something different, a different system. We don't want this communist party dictating to us that we have to work 16 hours a day or whatever it is, 12 hours a day. And well, that doesn't benefit those who are in control, does it? So what they did was they just deplatformed all of these people. And now the movement is barely even there. I mean, it grew and grew and grew to thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. 
and probably even even in the millions. But then once it was deplatformed, these people had no more place to gather because physically you don't gather a million people, right? But online you can. A million people can gather and discover like, wow, we have this this ideology in common. We have this truth in common. This perspective of something is wrong in common. We we're questioning the establishment. We're questioning the system that's in place. No, you're not allowed to do that because if you do that, you can bring down the system. And this is what happens, you guys, when the narcissists get to the highest levels. This is what happens when the, the psychopaths, I've been calling them psychopaths, um, not just a you know regular narcissist in your life, your sister or your brother or your mom. They're not the psychopaths. Yes, they're narcissists. Yes, they're deluded. Yes, they're egomaniacs. Yes, they can can only see from their own perspective and are always having their interest at, in mind above yours. But the ones that get in power, the ones that get drunk with money and power and attention, these are the psychopaths that are ruining and destroying as many people as they can in order to keep their fake reality alive. You guys... It is incredible. <laughs> yes, exactly, BB. Well, you guys, I wanted to share with you that the awakening is not a bad thing. And I know a lot of people right now are kind of scared, are kind of hopeless, are kind of, um, I would, maybe not hopeless, right? Maybe kind of skeptical, maybe... Um, pessimistic about the future and I want to say that this is a, actually a good thing awakening is a good thing oh my gosh I was listening to this guy who is a pastor and he was talking about what's going on right now and he says you know some of us coming are, are waking up to this and feeling like we are entering a dark age like things are going really badly we're entering a dark age and he says actually we're exiting a dark age. We're not entering it. We're coming out of it. And that's why it's scary. That's why, for the first time, coming out of this bubble of fake fantasy world, right, that we created, or was created for us, by the way, uh, we were told all that's happening around in our life was reality. And how our lives were being manipulated was reality. And how we were pitted against each other, whether by race or by um, by social status or by financial status, uh, by class, by color, um, all of that is real. Or even by uh, political parties, affiliations. You're, these are your enemies. You're different. They don't like you. You don't like them. That was being told to us was our reality. Naturally, it's still being told to us. This is your reality. But as we wake up from that, we're like, you know what? No, I'm not willing to hate somebody because of their color. I'm not willing to, to tell somebody that they're inherently evil because of the color they grew, they were born. That's, that's insanity, you guys. Absolute insanity. And I'm not going to hate all the descendants of somebody because of their color. Right? That is, to me, is absolute 
psychopathy. But we're being told that that is reality. And that is more real than your relationship with all your multicultural friends. I have so many multicultural friends. And in fact, I'm going away with some friends this weekend. And we're a van full of different backgrounds, different socioeconomic, different countries, different colors, different, um, what is it? I don't know, just, di just different thinking. We have different skills and talents and we enjoy different things. But we actually have more in common than what the manipulators want us to believe. They want us to believe that we're each other's enemies. They want us to believe that we are to fight one another to push our own ideology, our own perspective, our own likes and, and dislikes or whatever, you know, against each other. And what, you know, you might ask, well, what is the goal of that? The goal of that is so that we keep our attention off of the, cro the crooks that are destroying our lives and our country and are controlling us. That is the point of pitting us against each other. The point of us focusing on somebody of a different political party and thinking they're the enemy, no, is that they would rather have us fight each other. And I look at battles and wars now. I used to think that um, all the wars we fought were necessary. Now I'm questioning that. Now I'm questioning that. There used to be another political party that used to think that all the wars were unnecessary, but now they believe the wars are necessary. I'm like, really? You used to be the, the party that said all of the, our wars that we got into were to build an empire. But now you're saying, no, now we need to get into more wars. <laughs> to do what? To build that empire, you guys. <laughs> so it, we have so much more in common with each other than we do with the crooks that are robbing us blind and that are deluding us and lying to us. Well, you guys, thank you so much for hopping on. I know I kind of got off on a different, sort of different topic, but it's sort of the same because we're waking up. And I want to tell you there is hope. And if you are feeling hopeless, let me share with you a few things before we get off. And I'm going to get off soon. Um, there are a few things that will help ground you, that will help you start to see, um, gain perspective again, like in reality. And the first thing I want to tell you is get into nature. I don't understand it, but my mom, for some reason, she says she likes nature, but she will never walk in it. Like she doesn't go into the parks. She doesn't go camping. She doesn't even go to the beach. She doesn't like water. And yet she says she likes nature. It is so bizarre to me. I'm telling you, it is real important not just to like nature, but to go into nature. Be there. Walk around in the woods. If you have a park nearby that's woodsy, um, that's pretty, go. If you get an opportunity to go camping with friends, go. If you can um, even just take a drive around your your uh, town, usually there, there's going to be some kind of a park with trees. Go sit under a tree. Look up through the leaves. You know, this does not have to be something that you think, oh, one day I can go and do that. 
No, you can do that right now. I remember that there is a period in my life when I was um, kind of struggling with depression and, and being motivated. And the thing that broke me out of that is each day I would go out for a drive. Every day I would just go out for a drive, even if it's just for five minutes and that's all the time I had. But I had to do that. It gets me outside, even though I'm still in the car, but it gets me in the sunlight. It gets me into the open air. I roll down the windows, even if it's cold, so I can feel this breeze on my face. And it was beautiful. This is nature, you guys. This is how we were designed. We were designed to enjoy and be a part of nature and get re refreshed by it, right? Get our batteries recharged. So another thing um, I would suggest is get out and walk around. Just get out. Walk around in a museum, in a park, in a store, in a gym, in a library if the weather is bad. If the weather is not bad, just go for a walk and enjoy a small part of that. You know, like you can focus in on a small patch of flowers, somebody's garden, you know, out front. Enjoy it. Look at a beautiful tree and just, just hang out around it. Breathe in the air around it. Um, be among the living. Don't seclude and isolate yourself away so that you don't have interactions with people. Have interactions with people. And this is why I kind of keep this, you know, part of why I keep this live stream going. Because I want you to interact. I want you to be a part of a community. Um, get grounded, right? And for me, getting grounded means seeking the truth. Something that I absolutely know that I know that I know is the truth. Start there. Start with, like, I know that I know that um, my dog is fuzzy and soft and, and great for snuggling. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to hang out with my dog. I'm going to snuggle him. I'm going to um, play with him. I'm going to talk to him. Get a pet, right? That's another thing that helps pull you out and into reality. You get a pet. And suddenly now your world is starting to expand. Join a group with similar, you know, of, of people who have similar hobbies or interests. And even with people who don't have similar hobbies. Say maybe it's something you've always wanted to try or maybe we're too afraid to try. But you're going to join this group because you want to learn. Um, another thing is to listen and to watch. Be careful of what you're listening to and what you are watching. If you're watching depressing uh, naysaying, uh, what is it, pessimistic stuff, you are going to become like that. What you put into your body is what you will become. What you put into your mind is what you will think and also become. So be choosy about what you want your eyes to see and what you want your ears to hear. Be choosy. Do not focus on the negative. All right, you guys. Well, that is the show for today. So glad that you were able to join me. Please give me a thumbs up, comment in the comment section, and share this video, subscribe, watch a commercial once in a while, and that just keeps me going, you guys. It really does. It encourages me, and it helps me to keep doing these things. Thank you so much, B.B. Scott, for commenting and being here. Um, says... Hold on, let me see what you said here. 
use and regulate what goes in and out of your heart and mind. Absolutely do that. So glad that you were here. You guys, I appreciate each of you. I pray for you guys and I send out blessings to you. Have a great week and I will see you next week.